Once upon a time, not long ago, a spider bit my bones and changed my soul. I went from a dork having self-pity to out swinging webs in New York City. The name is Spider-Man, but you can call me Spidey. I'm stronger than the average man. I'll kick your butt if you try me. This is episode 458 for February 2017, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is by a group called Prank and Beans, and it's a rap song about Spider-Man. And when I think of rap, I think of JR. Don't you? Anyway, we're going to be tackling uh, history in just a little bit. Before we do, I want to give some shout-outs to some people that helped us pay the bills this month. Uh, we've had three donations since our last episode came out, so thank you to Javel, Craig, and Amadeus. I hope I got your first name right, and I appreciate uh, you throwing a couple dollars into the PayPal pot to help us pay for bandwidth costs and website hosting to support 450 episodes up on our server that you can download 24 hours a day. If you would like to do that, log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. There's a button and a widget on the right-hand side that uh, allows you to uh, fill out information that you could drop some money into the PayPal pot. It also has a little counter to show you how much uh, we've uh, raised and how close we are to our goal. Uh, We didn't really do that well in February. I think we're about 13% of our goal. So I carry that on to the next month until we hit 100. So uh, if you would do that, I would appreciate it. All right. Let's get on with Spider History, gang. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to February's uh, Spider History. JR, we're going back to February of 1989. Yes, we are. And you know, you notice, folks, that we don't have George in this February 1989 <laughs> uh, podcast because last month, Yes. We did January 1989, and we started the Inferno crossover <laughs> event. And George said, "Yeah, if you do February 1989 and you do more of that Inferno shit, I am not doing this podcast. <laughs> I am sitting out this podcast as a protest. Yeah. And so, boys and girls, that is why George is not with us because <laughs> – you know, I mean, he, he, he'll do he'll do a fight club about Venom. He'll talk about clones and other things. But when it comes to Inferno, he will he absolutely wants nothing to do with the it. The flames are too high for Inferno uh, for George to participate. Uh, Web for you want to do Web first? Yeah, we got to do okay. Web first because that's kind of the, uh, the the order of the stories. Uh, Web forty seven came out, written by Jerry Conway, art by my favorite Alex Savick. Te- uh, Inferno. This is part four of the Lobo Brothers gang war. Yeah, and the Lobo Brothers are inconsequential in this story. Yeah. Anyway, so wait a minute. I thought I thought your pal Sal was your favorite artist. Alex Savick's your favorite artist? No, he's one. Uh, Alex Savick is top ten for me. I love oh. Alex Savick. So oh, okay. okay. I just wish yeah, he wasn't stuck. Favorite artist. Well, I, I'm sorry. No, he's not my favorite, but he's up there. I, I just wish Alex had a better commission, right? He, 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 he oh yeah, he, I, I bought a commission from him of an upside down kiss. I love that picture. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Uh, but I just wish Savick wasn't on Web. I wish there was a better writer with him. <laughs> but the best writer he ever got on Web was Jerry Conway, which is what we're going to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, story starts out um, basically. Uh, Last month, you know, we talked about Inferno. Demons are taking over New York City. Why are demons taking over New York City? We don't know. 
because we would have to read the F and X men to know because they won't, <laughs> no one will tell us what's going on in Spider-Man, you know, what's going yeah. on. But anyway, so demons are taken over and, de- and, and inanimate objects are coming to life. Inanimate objects came to life and destroyed the Osborne chemical plant. So, and Hobgoblin's been for the last few issues has been lurking around Harry's house and Harry's place of employment. He's got a real thing for Harry. It's kind of creepy. Anyway, yeah. so Hobgoblin's going through the ruins of the Osborne chemical company going, you know, where is this thing? I mean, he's looking, he's frantically looking for something. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Well, Spider-Man swings by, and Spider-Man says, you know what? I saw you lurking last issue, and I figured you were up to no good. So I'm coming back. I'm coming back, and I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> all right. So then all of a sudden, collective rubble comes to life, you know, and attacks Spider-Man. Yeah. Then we get a one-page... I, I don't. I, I'm going to read it to you, and unlike George would accuse me, uh, of making shit up. No, this this is literally word for word, this single panel page. Okay. Once, when he was very young, Peter Parker went to the beach at Coney Island with his Aunt May and Uncle Ben. It was a sunny summer day with the kind of once-in-a-lifetime weather that seems only to brighten childhood. Huh? <laughs> anyway, young Peter swam in the sea, ate ice cream on the boardwalk, and built castles in the sand with his uncle. In many days, in many ways, it was the happiest day of his life. Really, he still remembers the shock he felt when something black and ugly pushed up through the sand, wrecking the castle and bringing a scream of horror to his lips. It was just an ugly black crab looking for the light, but to Peter, at that moment, it was nothing less than a monster. Since that day, he's met real monsters and known true horror. But he'll always remember this thing in the sand and how it spoiled his summer day at the beach. <laughs> okay. Anyway, now back to our regular slugfest. Yeah, anyway, that, so that, that's a very odd. <laughs> that, that is just, it's like a little short story. That's a writer trying to be a writer. I'm going to I'm going to do something artsy fartsy and statistic. I'm going to uh, or whatever. That's odd. It's odd. Very odd. So, anyway, Spider-Man fights the inanimate thing. Hobgoblin gets away. Uh, And then we go back to more of this really creepy Eduardo Lobo romancing Gloria Grant. Now, I don't know why he's romancing Gloria. It probably has something to... Does he, like, genuinely love her, or is he using her for something? Uh, I don't remember the Lobo story, how it panned out. I don't... It's it's very forgettable, like Atlantis Attacks last month. (laughs) See, the Lobo brothers are a couple of werewolves that... You know, they turn into werewolves, and their ambition, like so many other villains in the history of Marvel Comics, is to become crime lords of all New York. And I just remember them building and building and building, and then there was a fight in the desert, is all I remember about the Lobo Brothers storyline. Uh, maybe I'm mem- remembering it wrong, too. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was, it was, it was pretty unmemorable, apparently. Yeah. So now we go to Aunt May's boarding house, where MJ and Peter and Cousin Christy... Uh, are there and Aunt May is cooking for all the coot, old coots there, you know, including Nathan uh, Lubinsky, yeah. including Nathan Lubinsky, who doesn't work below the waist uh, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, but Aunt May is still fighting. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, MJ cons Aunt May into taking Christy for the weekend so she and Peter can go back home and have sex. Um, <laughs> But it's clear that Christy has a crush on Peter and is clearly plotting to take him, take Peter away from Mary Jane. Mm. How? I have absolutely no idea. Well, she's a teenager. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that plot was ever resolved either because Cousin Christy kind of disappeared after we learned she was anorexic. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know if they resolve really. I don't even know how that came to a conclusion. I don't either. I I think Kristen the, just kind of disappeared. She disappeared when Conway went away. I think. And I think the last time we ever saw her was in Spider-Girl. I think DeFalco brought her in the background somehow. That's right, he did, because yeah. he became um, – uh, he was working for Normie, a grown-up Normie Osborne, and I yeah. think he became a – she was – She. I was trying to think. He didn't have any kids, though. She became a nanny or something for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, but she Here, was there. I'm, but yeah, While you're talking, I'm going to search for Christy Watson. Yeah, so she kind of disappeared. But anyway, so she's plotting to get her hands on Peter. Anyway, Peter's worried about Harry. So, you know, he's and he he decides to pay a visit to Harry, but and he sees Liz outside. And Liz says, oh, Peter, Harry's freaking out in the attic. I don't know what the hell he's doing. You got to go talk to him. Peter goes in the attic, and Harry is him, is frantically looking for something. And then the hobgoblin attacks, and he's wants wants something from Harry. It turns out he's wanting the goblin formula, and he thinks Harry knows where it is. Now, remember, folks, this is very important because the goblin tells him, "I'm looking for your father's formula," and Harry says, "I don't have it. It's in my father's old office in Manhattan," which, of course, it really isn't because Harry's lying just to buy some time. Right. So anyway, the thing is, the Hobgoblin attacks, and Spider-Man shows up, Peter disappears, and neither Harry nor Liz figure anything out. <laughs> so, as he, you know, like I said, he distracts Hobby, you know, Hobby goes away, and then Harry goes back to the attic and finally finds what he was looking for, a Green Goblin costume. There you go. And that sets the stage for the next issue nice. of Amazing, which is a confrontation dramatic confrontation and it's not the confrontation that you kind of want you know yeah. it's, no, uh, it's the it, second stringers maybe. yeah it's it's uh it's the legacy goblins if you will <laughs> it's amazing spider-man 312 which we're leading up to by david michelini and todd mcfarlane and uh on the cover you've got the green goblin versus the hobgoblin it says i mean how it says not an illusion uh it finally happens which actually it didn't happen because these aren't the real guys, and it still hasn't happened more than thirty years later. Norman versus Roderick is a fight yeah. we want. Make it a damn miniseries, if you will. I don't care. We want that fight, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. We didn't get it the last time. We Never didn't get have. it when Stern did, when Stern did that story or whatever because Norman yeah. wasn't in costume, and they really yeah. didn't fight much. But anyway, this is a pretty darn cool looking cover. Yeah, uh, it is. And uh, I mean, McFarlane draws a pretty nasty looking Green Goblin. Yeah. And this is actually—you're not even a fan, but you think that's that's a cool version, huh? I think it's a good version. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's an interesting version. Yeah, uh, it, it's certainly different, and it certainly looks sinister. Yeah, you know, he looks less like a clown uh, and, and more like a, more evil. Um, but actually, this was this was awesome. I mean, I yeah. it was for me at this time. Yeah. Because you got to remember issue three twelve. Now I've always been a Green Goblin fan. Always been a Green Goblin fan. Right. This was the first time, mm-hmm. and I think I'm right about this. This was the first time we saw the Green Goblin, whatever Osborne, since Amazing one thirty seven. Mm. That is nearly two hundred issues. Because that's in, true. Yeah, because after, you know, 137, then Harry became institutionalized, came back in 151, you know, didn't have his memories. And then in 238, Stern created the Hobgoblin, 
the Rodney yeah. Kingsley Hobgoblin, and he was he was the Goblin then for several years. Yeah. So. You know, it, it I, was, just, it, I remember when I picked this up off the cover, I'm like, oh, man, they're really bringing the Green Goblin back. This is... Yes. Yeah. This was this was This is, this was very exciting, yeah. This, this was interesting, and I, I really was hoping, you know, because I, I, no, I, I had no inkling that Norman was ever going to come back. You know, and right. of course, nobody, nobody at this time did either. Right. This is still 1989. This is still, what, seven years away from when he comes back. From clones, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, the clone thing. So, you know, this is, this is, I mean, I thought, wow, great. You know, you know, we're going to get the Green Goblin back. This, this, this could be interesting. So, anyway, um, Harry puts on the costume, flies to, uh, gets on the glider, flies to the Osborne uh, offices in Manhattan. Uh, which is turned into some big, big ass ice castle, you know, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, Elsa is nowhere in sight yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and we we see what's going on with other people. Kirk Connors has turned into a lizard. Uh, guess what? I guess he's going to be the lizard in Amazing Three Thirteen. Uh, Mary Jean has a photo shoot where her jewelry comes alive. You know, like everything else is coming alive. Yeah. And Peter gets a note from Liz that Harry has disappeared. And she's worried that he went after the Hobgoblin. Peter becomes Spider-Man and goes to the Osborne offices. And really, what you get here is... <clears throat> I'm surprised George hasn't... George hasn't done this in Fight Club yet, has he? No, I he hasn't, no. The, yeah. Mainly because, well, there's not there's not much Spider-Man in it. It's mainly two yeah. goblins going at it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not much... Really, Harry should have been vaporized in the first five seconds. You know, he hasn't, yeah. he, you know, he hasn't suited up in years, you know, and, and hot and Mackendale, even though, even though he's an utterly incompetent supervillain yeah. and incompetent goblin should have been able to take Harry out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but Harry's able to get the drop on Mackendale and drops a whole basket, whole uh, bushel of pumpkin bombs on him yeah. and disables the glider. That's a great looking panel. So, oh, let's see here. I didn't quite have it open. I was, let's see Look at these. Yeah. McFarlane drawing these capes is just over-exaggerated, but beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I, I never really saw it at the time, but kind of in retrospect, in looking back, and, you know, and when, and when you're looking at several different comics from different writers and different yeah. artists, and then you compare that with McFarlane's stuff, you just, you, he really was doing something very unique mm -hmm. and very, I mean, and, and the colors are just very dynamic. Yeah. I mean, it just, these, you know, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I mean, the, the green and the green goblin, I mean, is yeah. really green. It's yeah. just, a, it's just a very, it, it I mean, literally the, his art. And I, and mm -hmm. I know this is going to sound like an idiotic cliche, but his art really does kind of bring things alive. Yes. Uh, and it's such a shame. He doesn't pencil as much anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of his on Facebook, and he does he does uh, tutorials and he does little head sketches every now and then. But to have him in a monthly book was uh, we haven't seen it in twenty plus nearly thirty years. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. He's I, a corporate magnate now. I know, so. but it's such a talent that's not the, that he doesn't use as much. But no so less. anyway, so here you know. Harry's got the, the drop on the hobgoblin and sticks his finger in his face yeah. and says, you know, if I wasn't such a nice guy, I would just zap you in the face and kill you right now. But I'm just going to threaten your ass. Yeah. And so, like, I will zap you with my finger uh, if you ever come near the Osborne family again. Then what the hell are you doing anyway? Now, remember, in the previous issue in, uh, I believe, Web 47, yeah. the hobgoblin told Harry what he was after. 
And Harry said, okay, it's in my dad's old offices. So here we are. Harry doesn't know what the goblin's after. Because when they first confront each other, Harry says, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And the goblin later, and then when they're confronting later, the hobgoblin says, this is the green goblin formula, the compound that gave both our predecessors super strength. Harry said, that's what this is all about? So I'm thinking like, McFarlane, did you even read the previous issue? Do you guys are you guys like communicating? But anyway, so it's actually probably working on. They actually were probably working on it. The, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm probably being unfair. The, the stories were probably being done about the exact same time, so yeah. he probably really didn't have an idea what the dialogue. Was. So refresh me: Is Mackendale going after the Osborne formula so he can have powers? Superpowers, Mackend because he's an incompetent goblin. He keeps yeah. get, and this is this was the problem with the Mackendale Hobgoblin. Yeah. He, he was in, he was he was incompetent. Yes. I mean, you, the Hobgoblin had been a great villain, and, Ma- and Mackendale was- uh, he relied on his what that whatever that jumping board was with his jack o' lantern. Yeah, the, uh, his so pogo board. His pogo board made him almost untouchable or something. But uh, it's amazing yeah, I mean, that someone with no powers can operate the glider and all that stuff. Yeah. But, so the Hobgoblin, I mean, it, it just. So he's a loser. I mean, he's a loser. I mean, he's yeah. even beaten by Harry Osborn. You know, he's a. Yeah. And it's like, why? Why was this guy given the guy? Why? Did, why did Marvel think it was a good idea to give this guy, make this guy a legacy, a legacy character to a great villain? Yeah. And it was something. And I and I wrote a series of article about it back. Mm-hmm. You know, right. You know, years ago called Squandered Legacy. Mm-hmm. You know about how the whole Hobgoblin mystery went into the shitter for several years. But anyway, that's neither here nor there now. But Harry says right. that's what this is all about. That formula was destroyed years ago. And besides, if I knew where it was, don't you think I would have used it against you, <laughs> dumbass? <laughs> yeah. So the Hobgoblin gets mad. You know, he he. You know, gets a some reserves or whatever. Decides he's going to kill Harry. Spider Man saves Harry. And Spider-Man says, you know, you did pretty good on your own. You know, New York could always use another crime fighter. Well, Peter changes his mind years, a few issues later under Gary Conway when Harry does think about becoming a hero at Green Goblin. And Spider-Man says, I'm going to talk him out of this, but I'm not going to sit him down. I'm just going to go in and kick his ass. <laughs> what's, and your, what's your opinion of uh, Harry as a hero goblin? What is your... You know... I thought that's where mm-hmm. they were going. Yeah. I thought they were going to try that. And, and I really mm-hmm. re- think I remember reading somewhere that that was. I think it was in the- Webb. I think it was Conway trying that. Well, he, he tried it, but then he mm-hmm. had. Uh, but then, you know, he did the, 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 the shit kicking out of story. <clears throat> and, yeah. But. But see, see, that didn't go anywhere because I think Conway went off the title, and yeah. so that didn't go anywhere either. And then McElhinney decide decided to kill him. Or uh, hang on, I'm getting a text. Yeah. Yes, I am podcasting right now. <laughs> it's one thirty here. Why are you worrying about whether or not I am podcasting? <laughs> I bet you um, he's hideous. <laughs> What's that commercial? Is it Jared from? Or I forget. From yeah. State Farm. Oh, okay, I just I just responded here. Um, you know, I I well, thought that's where they were going. And then, well, they uh, eventually did. The Falco did make the Goblin Hero with that short-lived series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but I, I just don't the think filter. the Green Goblin can be a hero. I just don't. It just well, 
Yeah, I no. Well, I mean, not now, obviously, but I, I kind of wondered if that was yeah. they were thinking of doing it with Harry. Yeah, uh, it just and then, like I said, Con. You know, I, apparently, you know, like all of Conway's uh, characters and subplots apparently got thrown into the crapper when he left the titles because he was doing both Web and Spec at the same. He was doing Web and Spec, and then he got a job at. Uh, uh, Father Dowley Mysteries and also Law yeah, and Order. Yeah, he became a TV writer. Yeah, he did. He and says he all those in the interview, which I'm going to tease that you need to listen to, he says, mm-hmm. uh, my house was paid for with Law and Order money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, you don't get rich in comic books, but you, you can don't. Make, you know, that, TV, that TV money. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they, they, Harry and the guy, or Spider-Man and Harry split up. Uh, monsters start crawling out of the sewers. Yeah. Kurt Connors turns into the lizard, you know, and, you know, to be continued. Yep. And then we're moving on to Spec 147, also written by Jerry Conway, who did Webb earlier, and our pal Sal Buscema. Uh, yes. Spec okay. 147. All right. Uh, Spec 147. Hang on. Got another text message here. Okay. Got to take care of this. Okay. This one is actually I'll it's a take him. I got I got anyway. This Go one's ahead. this one's uh included on Marvel Unlimited so I'm going to look at it with you. It's got okay. Jonah and Spider-Man uh back to back fighting some uh gargoyles or whatever on the cover. It's a, a little word balloon it says Spidey and Jameson fighting side by side against a demon horde when the bugle blows. Plus, wait do you see what happens to the Hobgoblin. There's a tease on the oh, cover. Oh yeah. Yeah, why do you say? And that'll screw up the character. If the character went over, I screwed up. It'll scream up for yeah. another few more years. Yep. So anyway, story begins. Uh, the Mackendale Hobgoblin is licking his wounds. You know, acting like a acting like a little pussy. You know, he's like, I can't. <laughs> you know, crying is. I can't believe I got beat. Spider Man and uh, Harry Osborn teamed up and beat me, and I got my ass whipped. <laughs> I, I, again, this is like now. This is not you know. Roderick Kingsley would not be doing this. No. You know? it, it, it's just a, at this <laughs> point, and and I, if we're making history of, which we tend to do in this segment, Roderick Kingsley. What is he on a beach right now? <laughs> no, he's not on the. You know, he's not on the beach. He's just a he? forgotten character. Uh, what do you think and, he's and doing so, at this point when he sees? Uh, uh, Mackendale going around in his goblin suit. Is that ever addressed? <laughs> well, ultimately, uh, he gets. Ultimately, what happens when Stern brings him back? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "I mean, you know, basically, he kills him for being such a massive incompetent and awesome. you know, tarnishing his name." But uh, right now, Roddy is kind of in the. Uh, you know, it was a stern. He was a stern character. Yeah. So he kind of disappeared until. Um, Actually, until it came time to uh, actually reveal the Hobgoblin's identity, and then he came back briefly, uh, but uh, then it was the it revealed that Ned was the Hobgoblin, and then Roddy disappeared for a while until they brought him back to, to set up Stern's uh, Hobgoblin Lives miniseries. Yeah. I need to read that uh, again. I, after, going, after recently completing the Stern run again, I want to read his uh, Hobgoblin Lives mini. I haven't read it since it came out. But. So the, anyway, the Hobgoblin, like I said, he's bitching and moaning about losing yep. uh, to Harry and Spider-Man, and the the demons attack him, and the demons attack him, and they say, oh, you know, it's like, hey, here's a guy who's dressed like a demon, let's eat him. <laughs> uh, but uh, so then Mackendale's, you know, the, but that uh, when the demon says he dresses that he dressed like a demon, that sort of get is getting him thinking. Yeah. 
Anyway, Spider-Man heads to the Daily Bugle, thinking that, you know, Spider-Man doesn't have it. Spider-Man is actually like the reader. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> and he, he doesn't know why these demons are here, what they're doing, or anything. He doesn't know anything. And, 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 89's not a good year for Spidey. He's he's Atlantis attacked him, and so did Inferno. Yeah. It, Man. Just, he, he doesn't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. You know, if, if you're not reading the F and X-Men, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but the Bugle is under attack. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Jonah is leading the uh, leading the Buell employees and they're all playing a whack-a-mole with the demons. Uh, there's actually a kind of a decent moment here because Jonah's clearly in charge barking out orders. And then Ben Urich is thinking, you know, the guy's an asshole, but he's a natural born leader and we need him <laughs> at a time like this. Yeah. And then you see what's in Jonah's head, and Jonah is scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> can't let me, can't let him see him. I'm frightened. Exactly. I'm, you know, it's like Ben saying, "God, you know, he's he's a leader, and he's you know he's yeah. doing what needs to be done at this time." And Jonah is just shitting his drawers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which, like I said, is is you know it, kind of an interesting to, to quiz your Daily Bugle trivia knowledge of supporting characters. Whatever happened to Miss Cushing and uh, Joy Mercado? Do we do we know? I, they just drop I off? I think they just drop off the face of the earth. Yeah. I don't think they get a resolution because Cushing was no. Cushing was brought in to like run um the See, I think she was running the Bugle and Jonah she, she became got started she that became Now magazine again. Yeah, she became essentially Robbie when Jonah stepped down. Is what I understand. Yeah. And yeah. she Jonah, she always thought Bannon's pictures were better than Peter's. Yeah, and she and, uh, and Joy Mercado, I I really don't know that much about. It. Was she the reporter? She was the reporter. Yeah. Um, she was, I guess, an updated version of April May or whatever. You know, because oh, yeah. you remember April May? That was a From blonde reporter that slept that, with uh, uh, the other hobgoblin. <laughs> I no, I don't think she, I don't think she did. She disappeared after uh, she was a Marv Wolfman creation. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, I thought you were talking about she worked the, for the the big time yeah, she worked for the daily globe oh, yes. and uh yeah. it looked like it something was you know going somewhere uh because spider-man referred to her by name twice when he shouldn't have known who she was but then uh wolfman left the title Gosh, and uh denny o'neill came and just shit all over uh all of wolfman's subplots and what was the, her- the modern reporter that slept with the modern hobgoblin I can't. She's in slots. Uh, yeah, I know who oh, you're talking oh about. Uh, 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 yeah, I know. I uh, seen Nora Walters Nor- or Nora, Nora Winters. Winters. There you go. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's always been a there's always been a blonde reporter hanging around. There's always I mean, so, a lot of Bugle employees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, since so many of them become supervillains, you know, they gotta <laughs> they got you know yeah gotta come up with replacements. So anyway, so anyway, Mary Mary Jane is still at her photo shoot and mm-hmm. she's whacking demons. So, you know, knew, we knew there was something we liked about that girl. Uh, <laughs> and George, George would like the, I mean, this is, this is Mary Jane being a badass. You it know? is. She's like, killing him. You know, when you, when you're married to a superhero, yep. you know, and you just, you know, you, you gotta, you know, it, it comes with certain risk and you just got to buck up and Mary Jane is up to the challenge. She, she's and, not yeah. a defenseless, oh, poor me. She will help kick ass. Exactly. That's why exactly. we love the character. She is not your typical damsel in distress. You right. know? Uh, she's uh, and, and she she uh, and this is the thing. I mean, Mary Jane, uh, and, and I know that uh, it's one of George's big complaints that everybody, you know, a lot of people say that the, the marriage was sudden and uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, forced on everybody or whatever. But but Mary Jane is clearly Peter's best friend. I mean, yep. that, that is one thing that comes through mm-hmm. is she is the perfect marriage partner for him because she is his best friend. Yep. And in a way that Gwen never was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, because, of course, part of that was because Peter was being such a frigging coward and would never yep. tell her. Yeah. But then again, he didn't tell Mary Jane anyway. Mary Jane just saw him crawling out the window one day. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, you know, Mary Jane's a good character. Mary Jane, Mary, Jane, strong... Mary Jane figured it out also. I mean, she saw him come out the window and then held it on years ago. And, and uh, She's a strong female yeah. character. She's equal to the hero, you know. And, of course, so what do we do with her? We get rid of her, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Again, it's it's like you know, it's like twelve year old boys are writing Spider Man. Twelve year old boy people with the mentality of twelve year old boys, you know, are writing Spider Man because they want the hero to get to screw around with a bunch of women and get laid <laughs> and they don't want a woman who is the, the man's intellectual equal. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway, tangent. Anyway, so we go back to Harry, and Harry said, man, I can't believe I whooped the hobgoblin's ass. I can't go wait to tell Liz. <laughs> and then a water demon comes up and tries to attack him and makes a reference to a barrier that's being constructed around Manhattan Island. Apparently all the demons are, you know, they're going to trap everybody there, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do with them. Well, it, it uh, has a little uh, word balloon, see current X-Men issues to figure out what the hell that means. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it says, see current X-Men issues. See current X-Men issues, yep. This is stupid. This is insulting. It's yeah. insulting. Anyway, a few demons and crazy people uh, <laughs> got out of New York before the uh, or Manhattan before the uh, barrier went up, and so they're invading the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> a guy with a chainsaw tries to attack uh, Joe Robinson. Uh, so we have a little two-page deal there, and then the hobgoblin. We go back to the hobgoblin, and he's followed some of these demons to the Empire State Building. And something wacky has happened to the Empire State Building. It's changing into something. Yeah. I have no idea what it's changing into because you probably have to read the X Men to figure that out too. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, so he follows the demons there, and you know, like a couple of rock demons come up and says, "Oh, you know what are you doing here, you little wimp?" You know, and say, "We're yeah. going to eat you." And the hobgoblin says, "No, no, 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 no! I'm here to see your leader. Take me to your leader. I want to. I want to <laughs> talk to him." Uh, and the, the rock creatures, um, uh, oh, they get, they get a kick out of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll let you talk we'll to take our leader. Him. Yeah. And then we'll eat you. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is going to be fun. The leader will get a kick out of you. So the hobgoblin goes to, and meets the head demon. Now in asterisk, A S T I R H. I'm not pronouncing it. No, Astra. No, no, Aster. No, and, and Mr. Aster. Like, I don't know what he looks like. He looks like a cross between a horse and a demon and a I think and he, like the the knight on the chessboard or something. He, he looks know. like a, a mix between Mephisto and a horse. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so he's you know, so he says, Okay, yeah, well, you know, amuse me. And uh you know, the hobgoblin says, Well, you know, I mean, you're here for a reason. You've got to want something, something we humans can offer you. And Nastra or whatever says, what I want is no concern of yours. Asterisk. Because you'll have to read the F and X men to figure out what I want. I'm not going to waste five seconds telling you what I want because I want you to read the X men. Yes. So the Hobgoblin says, well, you're a demon, you know? So what else can you want besides human souls? Yeah. So I'll trade you my soul for power. I want the power of a demon. 
And Nastra gets a big kick out of this. Oh, yeah. And he says, your soul, your soul. <laughs> you know, what would I want with your soul? Which is actually kind of funny. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, here's the demon, you know, you think you're you Mackendale. Oh, we even know about you in hell. Yeah. Uh, and it says, besides, have you looked at yours lately? It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, but but it's funny that the demon wants nothing to do with you know it's like that's a cliche. What, yeah. what have you been reading? You've been reading you've been reading a fairy book lately about demons and souls and shit. Anyway, <laughs> so well you made me laugh, so that's uh, that's worth something. So I won't kill you. I'll just zap you all the way back to Central Park. <laughs> um, anyway, so Spidey, you know, when we go back to the bugle and Spidey and the bugle employees are fighting demons and shit like that. Nothing of any really consequence happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jameson uh, bites his cigar. Spider-Man collapses in pain. And the Hobgoblin wakes up in Central Park, uh, feeling, looking like, feeling like shit, knows that something's wrong with his eyes. We're just about done. Hang on. The, Hang uh, on. My wife's complaining about the noise again. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're talking about hell and demons at one in the uh, morning. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, so the Hobgoblin... I gotta be quieter here. Yeah. So the hobgoblin looks into the lake, sees his reflection, and he has the face of a demon. Yeah. <sighs> and this sets off the next few years of stories where the hobgoblin is a demon. He cocoons people like uh, the alien does an alien, and um, he has a fight with Ghost Rider McFarland draws draws that. Refresh me, because I I've I've read it but I've forgotten it. What happens to Mackendale as the demon? Does he die as a demon? Know what happens. Yeah. Hang on, I'm getting another. Besides, people outside can hear you too. If <laughs> anyone is outside, <laughs> is outside the house at this time of night, then we are at this time of night. <laughs> this, time of night. this is marriage, if folks. Have, yeah. <laughs> then we have a real problem. Then don't we, send it. Don't send it. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'll be, I'll, I'll I've be quiet, married, honey. <laughs> I've been married for 28 fucking years. You know? uh, All right. Anyway, so anyway. Ma- it, my know, question, Mackendale, does oh, he die as a demon? Or? No, no. Um, okay. I think, no, I, I forget what story line this happens in, but he and the demon get separated. Yeah, and then we right. have Demo Goblin for several years. Oh, I remember that. So what happens to Mackendale? Is he a separate entity is just human mackendale becomes mackendale again and then he gets superpowers okay from from craven's oldest kid vladimir who later gets killed and and then gets turned into a lion and then gets killed again so Um, mackendale the human is killed by craven's kid no 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 no. he gets superpowers from craven's kid okay and what what villain does he become and then he becomes later because he's a failure then too he becomes a cybernetic goblin during the clone side. Oh, yeah, that's And he right. sucks at that, too. Oh, uh, And then, so yeah. finally, Stern brings back Kingsley as a hobgoblin, and Kingsley kills Mackendale and puts uh, us all out of our misery. I and, remember. And, I remember that, yeah. The the and, cybernetic and, goblin. Didn't J.R.J.R. Uh, pencil that? The cybernetic? Because it looks so dumb. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's and so so anyway, finally, Varadi finally ends the career of one of the most ineffectual Spider-Man villains of all time. Oh, aye, aye, aye. I mean, it's one thing to be a stupid villain like the Hypno-Hustler, <laughs> because stupid stupid villains are fun, but incompetent villains are not. And yeah. honestly, God, why they kept bringing this guy back, 
Uh, and, and see, that's it. I mean, they gave him the power of the demon to try to amp him up. That failed. Then they gave him superpowers, and that was failed. And then they made him, I mean, it's just they kept trying everything with him. And then finally Stern just killed him off and brought the original back. It's such a, <laughs> such a good idea to kill this guy off. All right. Well, good or bad month, JR? Well, do you want to do, uh, we got Marvel Fanfare 42. Oh, yeah, yes, you feel free. Uh, written by Carl Potts and penciled by Carl Potts. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of the few... Uh, sometimes i don't i don't get these guest appearances or whatever i don't yeah. have them but i happen to have this one i bought Marvel it but i don't cover. remember it it's got a great yeah. looking cover of uh, black suited spider-man on a uh, american flag pole yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good yeah it's a good cover uh and uh it, marvel fanfare was an anthology mm-hmm. uh i think like you know so different heroes would appear throughout i mean you know spider-man appeared sporadically i know the hulk appeared sporadically so it was it was an anthology it was al, it was, al Mil- milgram's book if i remember correctly and it, it uh it was printed on better paper yeah and it, and was, it was a little bit more expensive than uh the other comics that it was printed on probably the paper that we read comics on now and the other ones were newsprint uh-huh yeah yeah, so. and then like it had your regular story, and then it had like a shorter backup story. Yeah. So I I, I don't of, I don't own very many fanfares. Was the quality good in these? I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I don't have very many myself. I right. mean, the, the 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 first two or three issues were Spider Man and the Angel teaming up in the Savage Land. Yeah, I didn't for care for that one. Uh, and. Uh, but I know. I mean, if Spider Man wasn't in them, I didn't get them. But right. now these these are pretty well for forgotten tales i mean this one in particular doesn't involve a super villain it's uh i i started plotting this thing out to talk about and it's way more convoluted than it merits okay Uh, (laughs) but it but it involves spider-man trying to play the float but float when you could still do that kind of thing by writing checks and not having the money to you know back them oh i didn't i I didn't think it was called float what what, my grandpa used to call it something um uh, well, there was there's also something called check kiting. Kiting, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, but but that's a little bit different. Uh, see what Spider Man has done here uh, is, is he's written a bad rent check to Mrs. Muggins. You right. know, Mrs. Muggins on his case pay his rent, so he writes her a check and he doesn't have the money. And, so and, and it but, takes a couple of days for the bank to figure it out. Right, the bank. Yeah. You know, yeah, the check has to be processed because mm-hmm. you know, and and it was a little bit slower in those days uh, than yeah. it is now. Uh, and this is this is before debit cards and everything else too. Right. So you know, um, so Peter's got a way to find a way to come up with some money in the next couple of days to, to cover the check. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, check kiting is actually when you are uh, is a, is a fraudulent act when you're using more than one financial institution. Because uh, basically, what you're doing is you're pretend you're depositing a check in one bank, drawn off another bank, and then you just kind of keep going back and forth between the banks and inflating the balance. Then you cash them out, yeah. but there's never really been any money in the first place. That's check kiting. But it. Peter's just playing the float now. You know, he's he's writing checks, and and hopefully there'll be money later. Um, which is actually still kind of a form of check fraud. But anyway, so <laughs> so he's trying to come up with some money. He uh, he gets a you know Kate Cushing sends him out on a job. Uh, Betty Brant sews his pants up. Yeah, he's uh, oh the split pants. I remember that. Yeah, the split pants. He split his and, pants, and she sees nice black underwear, and he's really got the black suit on. Yep, yep, yep. yep. The, yeah, it's, you don't remember much about the Marvel. All I remember day, is he split his but pants. You remember he was splitting his pants and showing his underwear. So anyway, <laughs> this has been this has been a weird two months with you, Douglas. I know. <laughs> More like so, so weird Spider-Man ten years, goes, my friend. He, <laughs> 
so so spider-man he gets the check he gets he gets a check from uh, kate cushy mm-hmm. and he goes to a different bank to to cash it see because he can't he can't go to his own bank to cash yeah. it because he doesn't have any money yeah. you know and uh, the a bank will not cash a check you know if you don't have drawn on another bank if you don't have any money in your own account uh <laughs> so he's trying to play fast and loose here with the financial system yeah. uh and uh, but the teller tells him oh you know i'm going to need it since you don't have an account here i'm going to need a manager signature blah 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 he goes to get the signature then he goes you know he gets a signature then he takes it back to the window gets his cash turns out the teller has given him a hundred extra dollars hmm. and so he goes through a kind of a little crisis about that and um and and so then he goes back back to the bank the next day to give them their money back, and he finds out that the teller has been fired, and he thinks it's because of the hundred dollar overage that she gave him. But you know we find out it's not. But anyway, so now he's really feeling like shit, uh, and uh, so he's going to visit this teller. Now what he's going to do when he make when he gets to her apartment, I have absolutely no idea. And he doesn't either, frankly, <laughs> because when he goes there, he says, ah, there's, there's, there, that's her. Uh, what should I do? <laughs> so he, he, so he's feeling guilty. You know, he uh, changes the Spider-Man, swings to this woman's apartment, and then he just realizes that he doesn't have a clue what he's going to do. Uh, but in the meantime, though, I mean, because he, he, he had gone to see this bank manager again, he's accidentally uh, uh, picks up the bank. This, the, the bank manager is making a, a date with an escort service. And Peter has, and <laughs> I don't Peter remember has, this at all. Wow. Yeah, Peter has the card. You know, so oh, this is pretty cool. But anyway, so I'm going. But I'm going to visit this woman first. You know, and I'm just going to lurk outside her window in costume, and then just not have a clue what I'm going to do. But it turns out there she is with a couple of her kids, and the uh, you know her uh, landlord is wanting sixteen hundred bucks for a past due rent. The, the uh, prostitute. No, 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 no. We haven't gotten to the escort yet. This is the oh. bank teller. Oh, the bank teller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be the, the bank teller. Anyway, the bank okay. teller who just got fired. See, your husband ran on her six months ago, uh, and, um, you know, half the, you know, she had a job with the, the bank. Half the money goes to pay for daycare. Half of it is for the kid, you know, um, and she has no money, and she just lost her job, and the landlord is not very sympathetic. Uh, you know, he, he, he says, uh, you got to come up with it in 30 minutes. Um, and so, you know, he leaves, the kids are squalling and Spider-Man is feeling really guilty. So he goes and he cleans out his bank account and he gives it to her. Mm. Uh, <laughs> wow. so he says, well, I don't know. I just, you know, so my check to Mrs. Muggins is going to be bad again. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> so he gives her all this money. And so what he decides, so she tries to catch up with the, catch up, catch up with the landlord. And then Peter has this card, you know, so he goes to the hotel where the bank manager is picking up the pro, the escort. Uh, and he takes pictures and then he mails the pictures to the bank manager and says, uh, unless you want your wife to see these, you will hire the bank teller back because we find out that the reason he fired her was because she refused the sexual advances. That's Mm -hmm. why he fired. Not because Peter thought it was because of the overage. No, it was because he came onto her. She refused. He fired her. So anyway, so, Uh. so, so Spider-Man, you know, sends these photos. He says, um, you know, by the way, you're going to give her a job back. Uh, and, oh, and I guess he overheard her talking about, he, okay, yeah, he overheard, she didn't know the Spider-Man was the one that gave her the money. So she, so he overhears her saying she lost her job because of the sexual advances. So yeah. he says, if you don't want these pictures to become in public, you'll give her a job back and you'll stop hitting on women. <laughs> uh, and then, and then Peter says, well, I'm broke. I need more money, but here I got some pictures of Spider-Man to sell. Oh, wait a minute. No, my pants are ripped and I'm showing my ass. Uh, <laughs> You know, so I'll burn them. So he burns them, and but then he sets off the sprinkler system. Uh, it just, uh, you know, a non, wow. an, an, 
unmemorable story. Unmemorable story. And then we have a 10-page backup Monica Rambo Captain Mar- Captain Marvel story where she goes back in time mm. and takes some of Dracula's blood. And I have no idea what's going on, and neither <laughs> do I. All right. And, uh, good month, bad month. Yeah. Um, uh, for just for amazing three twelve alone, yeah. Uh, just for the fact that it was the first appearance of the Green Goblin in, in two hundred issues. Uh, and I'm trying to think how many years that was. See, eighty nine, probably seventy four, whatever. At least fifteen years, probably. Yeah, uh, fifteen years. So it, just it, for that, and, and the Green Goblin as drawn by McFarlane. Yeah. So that alone makes it a good month. month. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, we still have the infernal crap. Which, yeah. by the way, to this day, I still absolutely have no idea <laughs> what the demons were doing there, why they were there, and what yeah. the X Men actually did. I I read Inferno in the X Men, and it has something to do with Madeline Pryor, and she's the clone of Jean Grey, and Scott Summers married Madeline Pryor, and I don't know why she brought hell up. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. Inferno that well, alas. Uh, we're not, yeah, we're not lesser people for it. Better off that you don't know it. 